badly written content, badly designed content and miscommunicated information over a really long period of time. And all that accumulates into what I term it as content debt. This is Writers in Tech, a podcast where today's top content strategists, UX writers, and content designers share their well-kept industry secrets. Hello and welcome to Writers in Tech, a podcast brought to you by the UX Writing Hub. We had a long break for a few weeks. That's because I got married, so mazel tov to me, and now we're back. I'm trying to keep it as fluent as possible and having the most fantastic guests in the field of UX writing and content design, helping people to understand more about this field, helping people to get into this field, and helping people to just be better at UX writing. My name is Yuval Keshtecher, and I'm the founder of the UX Writing Hub. Feel free to check it out. We have a free UX writing course and more advanced courses that we've just launched, such as the Figma for UX writing class and the Generative AI for UX writers class. That is pretty cool, pretty new. Check it out. Today, we have a special guest that I've been waiting for a long time to speak with her. Mohana Das is the admin of and founding member of a very big group of UX writers in India and also work as a lead UX writer at LazyPay and also being a mentor for UX writers that want to get into the field. Mohana, how are you? I'm doing great, Yoval. Thank you for having me here. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. So I know that you've been working as a UX writer for a while now, started in different companies, did a career transition in 2020, and uh, climbed all the way to a leadership role at LazyPay. So tell us a little bit more about your background and how did you got into this field. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a kind of a roller coaster journey. I know that sounds cliched, but it's literally been like a zigzag path. I started my career around eight years back, and back then I was a software engineer. In fact, I studied engineering. I got a job as a quality analyst, a QA. So basically, software testing. And I did that for around three, three and a half years. And after that, I sort of pivoted into UX design. So I was working at Adobe at the time and they had like a great program where you could sort of laterally shift into a career of your interest and UX design was something I was interested in. So that was my first sort of career move. Once I did that, I worked as a designer. I worked on UX. I worked on product for a few more years and finally I've transitioned into content design or UX writing and that was the final move or the final shift and this is going to be a long career ahead in content design. As far as breaking into the field was concerned, I didn't really go for any sort of like higher degree or a certification in content design as such. Neither did I do so for UX design when I shifted. It was a very organic kind of move. In fact, interestingly enough, when I moved to writing, I was kind of in a career break. It was it was a career transition for me, like I think around October of 2020, right at the height of the pandemic, right? I just quit my job 
as a designer without another job lined up <laughs> and remote work was starting to be a thing at the time and it was like blurring the boundaries of work and life and i was like completely burned out by that point and i decided to sort of take a break and explore my options right and writing was one one of these options and this is something like writing was something i've wanted to do ever since i was a child i wanted to be a writer somehow that kind of got lost along the way but i decided to bring that back into my career in some way or some form and i started freelancing with a few startups and design studios and things like that and i did all kinds of writing right including copywriting i tried content writing and eventually moved into ux writing and when i discovered it i was like wow this role enables me to use all the skills i've gathered in my career till now and combine that with writing with something i've always wanted to do so for me i knew at that point exactly what my final career move was going to be so that was like that was my journey and that was how i broke into the field and uh, i mean yeah i encourage other people to take risks like that as well i mean if you're interested in the content design field definitely take a leap of faith and try your try your hand at it what a journey Do you feel like that your background in software, QA, then design kind of helped you to build yourself towards the your role as a UX writer? For sure. I mean, that's no questions asked. I would say yes because everything I've done till now, I feel like that's added up to where I am today, right? Like experience in software, experience in code, understanding how products work. the technicalities of it that's helped me communicate and collaborate with engineers my experience as a designer that's helped me understand the perspective of designers that i work with right so and it also content design it's not just about writing right i mean you need to have a background or not just not a background maybe but more like a knowledge or a foundation of ux fundamentals in order to be a successful content designer so that's definitely helped me it's been like one of my strengths when i've moved into content design so it's definitely added to it i mean i wouldn't take away from any part of that journey it's all been like a plus that's awesome so now you work at a fintech company right which is different than what you used to do for example in adobe or different design studios. So tell me a bit more about your role at LazyPay. Yeah, so LazyPay, or it's part of PayU Finance, as we also call it. It's basically a lending product, and working in the fintech space, especially in a startup, is definitely very, very different from anything else I've done. And when I first joined, it was certainly intimidating, learning about lending, financial jargon all the technicalities of loans credit payments it, it was a lot i would say, definitely say it's a lot to sort of process when you first start working in fintech and it's it's very different at the same time because the fintech industry is usually very regulation laden you have to worry about things like being compliant you're dealing with financials so there's always added security added risks involved so there's a lot to 
sort of keep in mind when you're working in fintech. And my role is basically I'm the lead UX writer by title, right? So, and I'm also the only UX writer in the company. So I basically handle everything content related within the customer experience, apart from say marketing, right? So any kind of communications, customer communications or in-app content, sometimes the website as well, Play Store, release notes, everything like down to the nitty gritties, I would say all product related communication goes through me. So a lot more, I mean, not just limited to content design, but also limited to a lot of the customer communications. And so can you tell me more about the challenges that you're facing right now as the only UX writer at LazyPay? So when I first joined, there were certainly a lot more challenges than I'm facing today. For example, when you're when you join as the only UX writer in a really fast-paced sort of startup environment, you sort of have to hit the ground running, right? You have to understand all of these business lines, verticals, have to meet a lot of different people and start working with them very, very fast and also work in parallel on a lot of projects at the same time. So there's a lot of context switching that happens when you're the only UX writer. One day in a week, you're working on project X and the next day you sort of have to switch over to and start working on project Y, right? So that's definitely a major challenge when you're the only one because you can't really delegate or hand off any anything else and you sort of have to stay, keep switching your mindsets and like when you're working on different things at the same time. But I think those things, streamlining and prioritization helps a lot in certain cases when you're doing that. So it's gotten better, but I do remember the time when I joined at first, it was crazy. It was chaos. It was, there was no process. I kind of had to set up a process from scratch on how other people should work with content designers and UX writers in the system. A major challenge I used to face, which thankfully I don't face anymore, is people not involving content designers early in the game. And I think a lot of people, I've, every other podcast episode I've heard, a lot of people mention this quite a lot, right? It's it's something that plagues content designers and UX writers all over, not being involved right from the get-go when a project kicks off, right? So that's something that is still exists to some extent here, but I'd say with time and the more you get to know people and the more you push back and you know articulate that this is not something that we should be doing, it, it tends to get better, definitely. When the company hired you, did they you for 100% that they need a UX writer or it was like kind of a, they wasn't sure how did the hiring process go because the reason I'm asking is I'm talking to many companies today and it's split into half half of the companies are like we don't need that right we have chat GPT or whatever or we just don't need it at all Yeah, that's one other companies are like hey we must to have that, we need that type of operation in our company where someone is in charge of the words of the user interface. So what was the state of lazy pay when they hired you? Well, so when they hired me, I would say they were pretty sure that they were looking for a UX writer, if not many, at least one. 
because they've been having problems with words and communications being all over the place, miscommunications, too much jargon in their product, and a lot of similar such content debt in the application. So I would say, I mean, I can't really speak for them, but I would say the vibe that I got was they were definitely looking for somebody, a content designer or UX writer to handle both like content and as well as like customer communications. That was also a big part of it, which was their requirement. But I think more than just the writing, they were looking for somebody who goes beyond that. And I think that's what a lot of content designers do. It's the filling in the words is just, it's the last piece of the process, right? A lot of that, a lot of what we do, it happens before the actual writing begins, right? User research, understanding people's needs and motivations, understanding the customer journey, talking to people and doing a lot of ideation, which doesn't really come like you've not even reached the screen yet and you've already done so much. And I think that is something that the people hiring me were looking for. The words just came later, you know, that was the byproduct and the result of everything else that happens behind the scenes. And so, yeah, I, was, always. I mean, I don't think ChatGPT is going to be replacing us anytime soon. I agree with you about that. I love the term that the, you describe it, a content debt, when you have your in your product and company. So w- what is the content debt? Well, if I have to describe it, it's just a buildup over time of so much bad content, badly written content, badly designed content, and uh, miscommunicated information over a really long period of time. And all that accumulates into what I term it as content debt, because you have to pay the price for it sooner or later, right? I really, I think of it, it's a, it's very similar to actual financial debt, because the more it piles up, the more you have to pay the price later on. And so that's something that people need to catch on to early on and sort of cull that debt as soon as possible. I love this term. I think we might use it in the name of the episode as well. Content debt. It's so powerful. And also, I guess it's compounding as a debt, like any other debt, right? It's not Absolutely. that it's compounding, which might be dangerous in a way for the product. So let's say that I was hired into this company and they have a huge content test right now. Means they have a lot of what I call the dusty corners in the interface where where nobody touches those corners for a long time now. Where would you start in order to pay, in quotes, pay for that debt? Wow, okay. That's a great question. And I asked myself the same question when I joined. Where do I start? So... I mean, you have to start right at the beginning and you have to, what I did in the beginning was I just pulled up my sleeves and got down to a full blown audit of the entire application and the product. And that's, I feel that is the best starting point, really looking at each and every screen, each and every line, every word in your product, in your, in all the screens and getting it all together and just looking at it with a holistic sort of approach, just a bird's eye view of everything. And that, that gives you a good sense of 
where things are broken, how often things are breaking, and exactly how much of an effort or how much you're going to have to pay to get rid of all this debt, right? The price, basically. So uh, an audit is definitely where I started off. And uh, you first start with an audit and then you move on to the next steps, right? You have to ask yourself, why are we doing this? What are we going to achieve by rehashing and revamping all this content in the system? How much effort is this going to take? And what's the ROI, basically? of doing this you need to define that as well and then you get down to the basics you sort of ask yourself what is the next step you define what the end result of the entire cleanup is going to look like right starting from what your brand voice is what kind of guidelines you're going to follow things like that and basically prepare a full timeline of that process and usually what is the low-hanging fruits in that type of process? Like you decided to do some kind of an audit, but you have many different options. So where would you start? That's a good question because, and I'd like to sort of combine that with another parallel thought, which is how do I also at the same time show the impact of content design, right? And I think that's a great starting point where you look at things, you put them in a matrix of, what is like high effort, high reward versus low effort, low reward, and etc. And you pick the ones which are going to show the most impact in a short amount of time so that you can build a business case for tackling the bigger issues and the bigger chunks or modules in the system. So I think that's the way I would approach it, where you have to sort of make a case for yourself as well why you want to do this, what's the impact of it, what's the ROI. And so pick things like button copy, for example. Changing the words of a button can impact your conversions in a huge way. And it depends. You can pick a few key screens. You can pick, say, landing screens or you can pick payment screens. And when you clean up the content in those key screens, the screens which add the most value, that's where you're going to get your, what you might term as low-hanging fruit. In your specific case, what were those important screens? Was it like an onboarding screen, notifications, or error messages, buttons? What exactly was the first flow that you said, okay, that's the one I'm going to tackle because that's the content that needs my attention the most at this point? Yeah, I mean, for me... The first and most important thing I wanted to tackle, so just to give some context, LazyPay, it's basically a buy now, pay later product, right? So we give users credit lines and we expect them to pay us back after, after say, a certain duration. And what impacts the business the most is whether these people are going to pay us back or not. So what we term like internal lingo, we call them repayment communications, right? That was a big, that was a big and very important part of communications that had to be handled, right? And that was something that fell under my purview. So it was definitely one of the first projects that came to me. And we, we said that, listen, our repayment communications are in really bad shape. People are not paying us back and we need people to pay us back a little bit more than what they're doing right now. And so help make these communications 
a lot, a lot friendlier because A, they were very intimidating as well from the get-go. People were not liking the tone in which we were asking them to sort of pay us back. So A, make it friendlier. B, add information as much as possible so that people are aware of what happens if they don't repay. That was also something which was missing in the communications right and uh, yeah and see definitely like optimize the communications in a way that you're not harassing people not telling them hey you know listen pay us back every two minutes but at the same time you're being like really friendly and really empathetic towards your user and i think that was one of the projects that it was one of my first few projects in fact Unfortunately, it's it's still in the works, it's still in the pipeline and we never really got it out till now due to changing business needs. But it was, some, it was one of the more interesting projects that I had to do. And I'd say another low-hanging fruit was when we were doing our, our credit card business, right? So we had a product which gave credit line in the form of a card, physical card that users could use, right? And there was a screen, like there was... It wasn't a flow. It was more like just tackling one particular screen and trying to improve conversions on that screen. That was one of the initial things that that we definitely took up. And that got released pretty quickly. We changed the entire structure of that screen. We changed the information hierarchy, what goes where, how much information to give them, and what's the best way that they would understand what this product was about and which would encourage them to convert. That was our main objective there and that was something that we were able to really do with the help of content. Content played a big role in that change. And my question to you is did you have some kind of a way to measure the success of this project like to test it and to measure if it was helpful or not to return the investment. Yeah, absolutely. So there were, it was a layered approach to testing this, both qualitative and quantitative, right? When it comes to qualitative analysis, we did run some usability tests with users. We asked them questions. We sort of gauged whether the screen, the new screen, people were able to comprehend it or not. And were they incentivized enough to move on to the next screen? And as well as, as well as quantitative. So we tested different variants of the same screen with just minor tweaks in either the button or in the headline. And we measured them at the same time. We released them at the same time, showed them to different users, sort of like an A-B test. And yeah, there was, we saw the numbers and the numbers in the funnel were significantly different, right? So those that was a clear indicator of the success of redesigning or revamping that screen with a content first approach that's amazing did you work with other designers on this project did you work with design tools and product managers yeah absolutely i mean every project i do here involves it's a tree it's a triad it's a product manager a designer and me a content designer so it's always i mean in an ideal scenario of course it's always us collaborating right from the get-go. Usually designers and content designers like me do working sessions here where we discuss what the page might look like. How could we optimize content on this page? And it's not about filling the blanks. 
where a designer just comes to you and gives you the screens and says, hey, listen, could you write the content for me here? That's not the ideal way to go about things. So it's a very collaborative process. Every project is the same where we work hand in hand with designers and take equal responsibility of how the design ends up. I wanted to ask you a question about if you have any tips and that you work also as a mentor helping people in the field. Do you have any tips for people that want to get into the field but not sure exactly where to start? Absolutely. I do get this question a lot from, I've been getting it recently from mentees as well. And I mean, I wouldn't say that there's a checklist of sorts. It's It depends on the background you're coming from as well. For example, if you're coming from a design background, you already have like the UX fundamentals, right? That's already in your arsenal of skills. So if you were to, I would say for the people like coming from there, it's slightly, I wouldn't say easier, but it does help you to get into and break into that field. And if you're not coming from that kind of background, I would definitely suggest brush up on UX fundamentals. That's going to be, that's going to play a big part. Content design, design thinking skills, product thinking skills. This matters a lot because you don't want to be like just, you're not going to be like just a writer who fills, fills in the blanks in the screens, right? You want to be a collaborator. You want to be a person who's designing with words rather than just writing. And so, uh, yeah, definitely brush up on your UX fundamentals, brush up on your writing skills and definitely, definitely invest time and effort in creating a really kick-ass portfolio. I mean, if you're just breaking into the field, it may be difficult to have like really, really amazing projects or things like that. But I think that's something you should constantly be striving for, like keep improving your entire range of work. Try and get real world work into your portfolio, right? And not just like a concept project. That's something that also matters a lot to a few recruiters. Like get like real world stuff get like real projects which have real impact into your area of work. And that's going to help. That's great recommendations. That's why the Exciting Academy, we offer people real-world experience uh, with a real project. That's uh, something really important. Mohana, thank you so much. If you had to choose a name for the headline of this episode, what would it be? Wow. Okay. You're really putting me on the spot though. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. This is the question we ask most of our guests. Let yeah. me help you. Let me help you. I really like the idea of talking about content debt. I think most people should hear this term. So definitely something around that area. And that's just my thought about that. Absolutely. And I think content debt is a great thing to add in the title and maybe a little bit also about breaking into the field. Maybe that's something that could serve as an input. Maybe something like how to kill your content debt or... Something like that. Yeah, pay, right? paying the price. <laughs> yes, something like that. Something like that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Mohana, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you. And very nice to meet you in person, finally. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yuval. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And thank you, the listeners, for listening to another episode of Writers in Tech. If you liked it, Give us some reviews. Listen, I heard that more people would find this 
podcast, if you'll give us reviews, share it with a friend if you found it helpful, give us some comments, anything at all, or just email me at uvalityuxwellingham.com. I'd love to talk to you and chat. And that's about it. See you in the next episode. Bye.